0: This is the Hesi. It's April 5th, Monday. And this is episode 37. And as always, it's brought to you by basketballgods.net. Another college classic over the weekend. UCLA Gonzaga. Where do I start, man? I guess I want to talk a little bit about Johnny Juzang. Very impressed with Johnny Buckets. I had mentioned him briefly. You know, I hadn't watched enough, man. You know, you, you get these small sample sizes and the 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 previous game where he went off it's like all right was dude kind of hot and then it's like oh no this dude is a baller freshman year at Kentucky transfers back home to UCLA here and then he finds himself in the final four just the fact that he had a ride to Kentucky lets you know what type of athlete he is right you can get overshadowed and overlooked there so it makes sense that he would transfer out to get a better opportunity the kid's 6'6 you know he's got enough size as a shooter and he kind of He kind of reminds me a little bit of Chris Middleton, right? Nasty pull-up game, tough shot maker. Nothing too flashy, right? But he's just a shot maker, knows how to get a bucket. And this performance, I think he's going to find himself probably late lottery. Probably late lottery if he decides to declare. Now, he could come back for his junior season and and try to push that stock. I don't know if he's that type of athlete, right? I'm not sure another year how much he would boost himself, but you never know but one thing is pretty damn clear after watching that game. If Jalen Suggs didn't wear compressions, he'd be dragging his sack up and down the court. I mean, the nuts on that kid. I think the sequence that had every scout and fan drooling, right, was that left-handed block along the baseline, and then he delivers a Jason Kidd 30-foot bounce pass in traffic in crunch time of the game. We're not talking about the second period. We're talking about crunch time of the game he comes up with this play got the wind knocked out of him right got knocked in the ribs someone fell on his ankle he didn't roll an ankle someone fell on his ankle on a drive and rolled it over kid didn't flinch he didn't flinch he's as tough as they come you know in an analytical world it's cliche to throw out all these uh intangibles toughness leadership motor right but the shit is real you can see it out there. You can feel it out there, and he has all of those, right? Now, all that being said, I've heard people talk about him going number one. Let's slow down there. Let's slow down there with that. Tonight, if he comes out and he drops 20-plus on uh, Davion Mitchell, we can revisit the conversation. But, you know, it was he's an impressive player, and uh, I, he, he obviously has helped his draft stock, but number one, I don't know about that. I thought down the stretch of the game, UCLA made two critical mistakes. One, they didn't give Juzang enough touches. He was a spectator in the corner to close the game. He's your best shot maker, and he's just off watching? That didn't make sense to me. And then they let Timmy play with four fouls the entire fourth quarter and overtime. They absolutely should have targeted him more. Now, to his credit, he's savvy, and he avoided some of this stuff, but I didn't think they targeted him enough. If they would have really went at him and, and made a concerted effort to get that fifth foul, I think things would have been different, man. I think things would have been different. And that would have meant probably mucking up your offense and maybe getting a little bit out of pocket. But in return, I thought that that would have been the thing to do. Of course, he takes that big charge call down the stretch. It was an easy call to make. He was clearly there on time. And then he kind of really dominated the overtime. I know Suggs is the headliner, But Timmy was the guy that kind of got him there. He was just as important, if not more. Bro's dumb athletic, right, Timmy? He's like his footwork, his hands, his IQ, his motor. And what I mean by basketball athletic is if if they do a draft combine, like his vert's not going to impress you, his shuffle time, none of that stuff's going to impress you, the numbers. But you put him in a basketball game, and he just knows how to move. His athleticism is enhanced within the game of basketball. But he is 6'10". Like Chris Paul is 6'1", right? They have him listed at 6'10". He looks more like 6'8 to me. I don't know. We'll see how he measures out, right? But I think that changes the equation for him entering the league because now you're a, you're a wing and you're not athletic, right? If he's 6'10 and he's a big, he's pretty damn athletic. He's a wing. Now you're just run of the mill. Then, of course, what is there to say about the ending? March Madness tends to just breed these moments, right? And you could see Suggs chop his feet about half court to square up, right? And then the trot, when he let it go, very Steph-like. You could tell he, he liked how it felt when, it, when he let it go. Because, you know, you shoot a shot that far from from that deep, you've got a little bit of time to kind of watch it go and see what's going to happen. And you could tell he felt good about it. Sure enough, the bank was open, and Gonzaga's destiny continues. So they've got Baylor tonight, and I'm rooting for greatness. You know, I don't, I'm not too invested either way, but I want to see them complete this thing tonight against Baylor. And I think they will. Now the ladies side of the tournament is done. It finished up yesterday. Let me catch you up on it though. It was Friday where Arizona had a huge upset over Connecticut. UConn, Paige Beckers, they struggled. They really kind of showed their age. UConn, they didn't have any upperclassmen in the rotation. And you kind of saw that Arizona was a Uh, a more experienced team and frankly they were more hungry they came out they were the aggressors and they bullied this UConn team that was heavily favored Aerie McDonald who's going to go top three in the draft very nice little guard five six out of Fresno one of the few players in this tournament that could really create her own shot and was willing to pull from deep and that's what you saw in that UConn game I think she had four threes in the first half that really gave them the lead and then late you could just see, again, UConn's lack of experience and strength, really. There's such a gap, right? You, you, Page in, in this freshman class is so talented and impressive, but the difference between a 19-year-old and a 22-year-old or 23-year-old physically, there's a huge gap, and I think ultimately that's what you saw in that game late when it got real physical. So Arizona moves on to the national championship that was played yesterday against the number one seed in the tournament, Stanford but I think the story for Stanford throughout most of this tournament was you had Keanu Williams, Stanford's senior guard, who's headed to the WNBA this summer, really had one hell of a choke job the entire tournament. She was awful. And despite that, Stanford got it done on the back of their young bigs. Haley Jones, the local product from Santa Cruz, the sophomore, was absolutely the MVP. She's nice, man. She's kind of like a point forward. She's got Super smooth footwork, can turn over either shoulder. And then you got, you know, Cameron Brink in there acting like Rudy Gobert, man, in the paint she had. Well, she was averaging like five, six blocks a game in limited minutes. But I really didn't like Arizona's strategy in that game because you've got the leading scorer in the tournament in Ari. And she's again a five, six guard. She's got a stroke from deep and she gets to the cup. She's a lefty, right? But Stanford packed it in. they highlighted it, right? They called it Aries House. They were not going to let her score in the left quadrant of the paint. And she relentlessly attacked and it led to her being super inefficient. But when you look at Stanford and you look at their strength, it's their bigs and their size, right? So where would Arizona and Aerie have an advantage? On the perimeter. So I thought that they should have pulled the bigs out as far as they could have and forced them to guard in space rather than come to them in the paint. I thought it was just a strategical error, but that would have meant playing some basic pick-and-roll basketball up top, and they weren't willing to do it. But all that said, man, they still had a final shot at the end there because, shit, Williams damn near choked the game away for him. would you have like eight turnovers? And so they had a final look at the basket, but Aerie didn't pass it. She probably should have passed it. They sent a trap at her, and she heaved it up, and the Stanford Cardinals are the national champs. They're going to be a force to reckon with here, these these next couple years, because again, Brink and Haley Jones and their bigs, they have another sophomore that I believe she's Australian, Keith Van Horn's illegitimate daughter out there banging the three ball. Um, They're all, you know, they're all young freshmen and sophomores. And so they're going to be a force to reckon with because they're going to be there for a while. And now they have that experience and better yet, that confidence. Now, Friday night, my dubs, we were in danger of taking the worst L in NBA history. At one point, they were down 61 points to the Toronto Raptors. No Steph, no Draymond, but it didn't matter, man. It didn't matter. Like, it's hard to get beat that bad, usually, because when you're up, let's just say 40, right? Human nature sets in. Pride kicks in. The other team takes their foot off the pedal. I think there was an element that Toronto, who had lost 13 of 14, and Nick Nurse and the way they're wired, right, they really wanted to lay it on. Nick Nurse was pressing these boys up 50. So there was a little bit of that, but still, it's unacceptable, man. And you're starting to see things unravel for the Warriors and Steve Kerr. It's getting ugly. They took another loss to Atlanta last night. You know I'll have that breakdown later this afternoon. And listen, I know everyone is upset about the development and playing time of James Wiseman. Steve Kerr is definitely not helping the situation. I know. I get it. I understand. But I think we got to take a step back here and take a look at James Wiseman as well because he's got a ways to go, man. The most concerning thing for me with the now 20-year-old is his timing. He missed times rebounds, contests, passes, dunks. He mistimes everything. He's not just a beat slow. He's two or three. And so that's very alarming. Shout out Let's Go Warriors and them boys over there. They've got a lot of good, they got a lot of good analytical stuff on the Warriors, as well as video, you know, the interviews, training sessions, practice. They got a lot of exclusive content. Check out their YouTube channel, Dub Dub, and those guys writing stuff on Twitter. Some of y'all may remember. Now, they had a video of Wiseman working out with his trainer just after the draft and I had made a comment I don't really like the drill work man it was a lot of ball handling and and guard work I also made note of the trainer dude looked like Tyron Lannister and I was like look man I don't know about you but I don't want my seven footer being trained by a midget shit was that do I have to edit that out fuck it y'all know what I'm saying his trainer, go go ahead and go find the video. It's on, I'm sure it's on their YouTube James Wiseman training video. His trainer looks like he's about five foot seven, and sure enough, this kid has no big man skills. Everybody's complaining about him catching it in the post with his back to the basket. He doesn't know how to seal. He doesn't know how to pivot. He can't drop step. He doesn't know how to sink his hips. He has no big man skills, but his trainer had had him out there doing dribbling drills like he was fucking Paul George. So. You know, we can blame Kerr all we want, and Kerr deserves plenty of blame for what's going on here. He's not helping the situation, to be clear. But we also have to acknowledge James Wiseman looks less than half-baked right now. And so he could be playing 30 minutes. It might be worse. Anyway, I will save the rest of my Warriors take for today's breakdown. But I will say this. I'm going to shoot my Warriors some bail here. They weren't the only ones to take a big L over the weekend. Thunder got beat by 48. Orlando got hung by 46. Detroit got beat by 45. And I was thinking, is this what we're going to see the final 20 or so games from these teams that are losing hope? Because there still really isn't any fans, right? I know fans are slowly coming into the arena, but we're talking about, you know, like 1,500, 2,000 fans. There's not that real energy, right? And so, you know, as the season comes to an end and you've got the teams that aren't playing for anything, are they going to roll over easier and sooner. And are we going to have these huge deficits? I hope not, but my gut tells me we are. I guess the other news over the weekend was they backed the Brinks truck up for Drew Holiday in Milwaukee. $160 million deal, $40 million per. Hey, the market is what the market is. You know, you look at it in a vacuum and you're like, damn, that's a lot of money for, for a tier two guy. But if they didn't pay him it, someone else would have, right? 30 years old. I think his game will age well, right? He he low-key plays kind of like a big. He uses his size. His game is more strength based than quickness or shiftiness. That said, he hasn't exactly been the pillar of health throughout his career, right? And so I don't think, again, I don't think his, I don't think he's gonna fall off. I think he's gonna be able to fulfill that contract to what, 34 years old? He's a guy that you can only really expect maybe 60 games a year from. That's the question. And when do you get those games? Because if, if he's out when it matters, then, of course, the deal's not going to be worth it. I also want to do a quick MVP check. Joel Embiid returned over the weekend to reignite his battle with Carl Anthony Towns. That's an underrated rivalry there, right? They get real physical with each other. It's something that's not really known. I forget about it too, and then and then I see the highlights, and I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. Whenever Towns and Embiid match up, tune in. Tune in. It's fun. It's fun to watch. Embiid looked all right. He didn't look too heavy, so that's a positive for the Sixers. They got it done against Minnesota. But I wanted to do a quick MVP check here because let's keep an eye on Donovan Mitchell. Look, I know it's going to be next to impossible for him to probably even get a vote, Right? But he deserves some love. I wanted to just put his name out there because, he, he look, the Jazz continue to win. What do they win, like nine in a row? I, I had said, right, how are they going to be as the hunted? Well, they've responded and won nine in a row. But Mitchell's he, look, he's giving you 25, five assists, and 40 from three. And so, you know, you say, okay, those are all-star numbers, not MVP numbers. But, again, you're talking about the number one team in the league. I think the irony in the numbers is, Let's, let's inflate the numbers a little bit. Let's say he's given you 30 and eight. People may say, Oh, damn, like, look at those numbers. Hey, he, I think he'd probably get more MVP talk, but the cost of that would be, he would probably be doing too much to get those numbers and they wouldn't be winning as much, right? The fact that his numbers are there 25 and five, it's such a team and collective effort. And that's why they are the number one seed. And so you know, it's almost a sacrifice. He he could probably be putting up monster numbers and they'd probably be a second or third seed. So, you know, shout out to the Jazz for handling business and staying atop the West and Donovan Mitchell continues to exceed my expectations. Tonight, man, obviously, national championship game, Baylor, Gonzaga. Hopefully we're in for another competitive, thrilling game. I, I don't know how those Zags lose. It feels like destiny at this point, right? This is The Hesi, brought to you by BasketballGods.net. I'm out, y'all.